morning, the first few verses there. And uh, we want to look at a uh, parable there that Jesus gave that uh, talks about the vineyard. And so we start thinking about uh, the vineyard, and we start thinking about things that uh, Christ has done in our life. You know, we are to be workers uh, in the vineyard. We're to be uh, about the Father's business. And when we look at uh, this particular scriptures this morning, we're going to find out that uh, some of us are jealous of the things that happen in other people's lives. Now, I want to relate a little story to you before I uh, get too far into this, but uh, when we look at this, I thought about uh, when I was a very young child. I was probably about 10, 11 years of age, and uh, Christmas time came, and uh, we grew up very poor. And uh, my dad had went, and my mother had went and bought uh, me and my brother a couple of things for Christmas. One of the things I got was a little transistor radio. We all remember those. One of those little things that cost three or four bucks, you know, at that time. And uh, so Christmas morning came, and uh, I opened my gifts that was under the tree, and uh, I looked at that, and here I've got this little transistor radio and uh, one other little toy or item and my brother had gotten a couple of things and uh, we, we were excited until the neighbors down the road who had sons that were about mine and my brother's age had gotten a BB gun and one of those little pocket watches and we were not happy <laughs> because I'd gotten a transistor radio and whatever else it was and here they had gotten a BB gun and uh, that little watch, and we complained like children do. Even though we were poor, my dad passed away about three years ago, went to, and many of you remember, the local Western Alto store that was in Shrussel, Alabama. My dad went over to Western Alto to make me and my brother happy, and he bought us a BB gun each and a pocket watch. Bought it on credit. I remember it vividly. Two BB guns and two pocket watches was like $16. You say, that ain't much. Well, fif 55, six years ago, that was a lot of money. But to make me and my brother happy, my dad did that to satisfy us because we thought we should have the same thing that the guys down the road had. We're going to look at this scripture this morning, and we're going to see some things that makes you think that these people were just like me and my brother. In verse 1 of chapter 20 in the book of Matthew, it says, For the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is a householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said unto them, Go ye into the uh, vineyard, and whatsoever is right I will give you. And they went their way. Again he went out about the sixth hour. And the ninth hour, and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing idle, and saith unto them, Why stand ye here all the day idle? And they say unto him, Because no man hath hired 
us, he saith unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, that shall ye receive. So when evening was come, the Lord of the vineyard said unto them, Steward, call the laborers and give them their hire, beginning from the last unto the first. And when they came that were hired about the eleventh hour, they received every man a penny. But when the first came, they supposed that they should have received more, and they likewise received every man a penny. And when they had received it, they murmured against the good man of the house, saying, These last have wrought but one hour, and thou hast made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden and the heat of the day. And he answered them, one of them, and said, Friend, I do thee no wrong. Didst not thou agree with me for a penny? Take that thine is, and go thy way. I will give unto the last, even as unto thee. It is, not, is it not lawful for me to do what I will with mine own? Is thine eye evil because I am good? So the last shall be first, and the first last. And many be called, but few chosen. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning. We know, God, that uh, we're nothing, Father. And we ask you, God, today that you touch in lives, Father. And we know, God, that uh, you're the great I am. And we thank you, God, for uh, your saving power today. And we ask you, God, that you be with each one that's here today, that we might uh, examine ourselves, Father, and just see where that... A selfish attitude is within each of us, Father. And we ask you, God, that you uh, go with us through the service, that you give us the uh, wisdom and the knowledge to open your word and to understand it. Let it speak to us, Father. Today we ask you, God, that is, uh, the invitation is given, Father, that you just change lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, we look at this and we start thinking about as the vineyard owner went out. He went out into the uh, early morning and he began to hire uh, laborers. And he went and he talked to them and he says, I want you to go work in my vineyard. And they said, oh, just kind of paraphrasing, what will you give me? And he said, well, we'll give you a penny. I know in verse 1 it says denarius, but at the end it says a penny a day. And we start thinking about uh, what he did. He said, you go work in my vineyard. We come to an agreement. We're going to work, and we're going to go out there, and we're going to work all day. He didn't tell them how long they had to work. He just said, go work in my vineyard. We start thinking about how that, as they went to uh, work in the vineyard. And when they got there, they began to do all the back-breaking work, gathering the uh, grapes. And we start thinking about when uh, the vineyard and when the grapes get ripe, and they have to get them within a certain time, or they'll spoil, and uh, they'll rot. And we start thinking, well, you know, he wanted to get the uh, crop in as soon as he could. So he hires the uh, first laborers, and he's uh, out there watching the workers as they work. And we start thinking about how they, as they work, and they go from... Uh, Plant to plant, down each row, and I'm, I can just imagine this being a very, very large vineyard. And we start thinking about how that as they were working, he, he decided, well, I've got to have more laborers. Um, some of us, you know, have, uh, have watched people as they hire people and uh, jobs become available, and they say, well, we, we don't have enough employees today. We've got to uh, have some help. And they go through a temporary agency today. But uh, when we look at uh, this man, he decided that he needed more laborers. So about 9 o'clock in the morning, he goes out, and he says, I've got i got to go out here, and I've got to go to the marketplace. I've got to hire some more of these day laborers. And so he goes out, and he uh, talks to them. He says, uh, won't you go into my vineyard and work? And whatever is right, I'll, I'll just give you. Whatever's right. He didn't make an agreement with them about uh, what the pay would be. Now, I don't know how many of you have ever went to work somewhere and didn't know what you was going to make, but, you know, sometimes we get to the point where that we think, well, you know, it doesn't matter what somebody pays me. I just want something to do. 
Now, these laborers went out and they uh, said, well, you know, we'll go work in the vineyard. We trust in this man to uh, pay us what is right. Now, uh, Mike over here, I know he used to uh, do some work, and I'm sure he hired people at different times, and he did different things, but I'm sure that he always had an agreement with uh, how much he was going to pay somebody. Now, when we look at it, now, what if, what if Mike came to you and says, I want you to work for me, and I'll pay you whatever's right. You know, what's right in my mind may be different than what's right in Mike's mind. And so we start looking at the landowner, and he goes and he uh, decides, well, you know, these people are working hard, and they're not uh, getting the uh, crop done. They're not getting the work done. And so he goes out again about the uh, 12 o'clock hour, and he says, i got to have some more people to go work in my vineyard. Won't you go over there and uh, do some work? And uh, we start thinking about how that they went to do the work, and it's in the middle of the day now. It's hot now. All these people that's been hired uh, early in the morning have been working already for approximately six hours. And he sends these people out into the vineyard. He says, well, uh, you go work in the vineyard. Whatever's right, I'll give you. We get to the point in our life sometimes that uh, we think that God owes us something. But you know what? God owes us nothing. God owes us nothing. He's, scripture says that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. So he uh, come to seek us but you know really he doesn't know us anything but you know we owe him a lot but when we look at uh the way the vineyard owner did there he i'm sure supposed that well i'll just pay them what's right and this is what i think is right now when we start looking at the scripture we start thinking about how that uh each one of those workers went out there and they began to work and uh, they were working really hard do you think that the ones who were hired early in the morning were still working as, as hard as the ones that went out there at noontime? Probably not working as hard because they're beginning to get tired. But we start looking at Scripture, and he says that he went out at about 3 o'clock. I'm kind of calling it what it says in Scripture. He went out about 3 o'clock, and he began to hire others. And he says that, you know, you go into my vineyard, and you work over there, and whatever is right, I will pay you. We get to the point in our life sometimes that uh, we want to do just as little about, uh, amount of work as possible. But, you know, we think, start thinking, well, you know, Jesus on one occasion says, lift up your eyes into the fields for they are white already to harvest. Now, we get to the point in our uh, lives that we think, well, let somebody else go do that work. I've already, I've worked, I'm, I'm 68 years old. I've worked all my life. I've been in church uh, ever since I can remember just about it. And uh, I've done all these things. And then let, let, let some of these younger guys go and do those things that I used to do. I used to go. Uh, knock on doors. Let somebody else go knock on those doors. I used to uh, go to church and I'd uh, help take up offering. Let somebody else do that. I, I've done all those things and so it's time for somebody else to do it. We start looking at the uh, workers in the vineyard and we start thinking, well, I'm sure that those that were there at 12 o'clock said, well, hey, look, here comes some more workers. Uh, we've, we've seen them come in uh, and work and those that were there early sees the ones coming in and it's like, we can back off now. We can slack up because we got uh, more people coming in uh, to work in the vineyard. We look around churches today, and every time somebody new comes into the church, and I hope you don't do that here at Sulphur Springs, but uh, every time somebody new comes into the church, it's like, we got to find them a job. 
<laughs> they, may, they, not, they may not be hunting a job. You know, you got to consider that. But when we look at uh, the vineyard owner and he, uh, what he did, it says the kingdom of heaven is like that, uh, like that man that went to uh, hire laborers for his vineyard. Jesus came, and he needs workers in his vineyard. We are the vineyard. We start thinking about uh, how that people do things within the church. A lot of times, and I, I hope it don't happen here at Sulphur Springs, we uh, see people that uh, do things in the church, and the first thing they do is go tell somebody what they've done. Brag on themselves. Pat themselves on the back. You know what? God doesn't like that. When we get to the point that we have to toot our own horn, we're in the, we're in the wrong place. We, we need to be about the Father's business, just like Jesus said. He said, Wish ye not that I must be about my father's business. We've got to be about the father's business and not worry about what somebody else does. You know, uh, we start looking at uh, Scripture. We start thinking about uh, this question that was asked in the book of John. What shall this man do? You know, Jesus said, don't, don't worry about him. You just, you just take care of yourself. So we get to the point where uh, we look at the vineyard and we start thinking about how that uh, possibly it's, it's hot, hot summertime. Those people that have went out there and they've worked all day, and then all of a sudden here about 3 o'clock in the evening comes this new influx of, of people, workers, to work in the vineyard, and they say, hey, I can slack off even more because now there's more people coming. You know, we start thinking about that, and we start uh, seeing how that, uh, the vineyard owner and uh, how that he went out, and it says in one scripture, in one of the verses there, it says he went out about the 11th hour. Now, you know, he says, why are you standing here all day idle? Why, why are you standing here all the day long idle? They said, no man's hired us. And I look at this, and I start thinking, well, when we uh, in our lives go out and we've witnessed to someone, and they say, well, and nobody ever talked to me about Jesus. And they're old. They're getting on up in years. And you say, well, where, where's all the workers been? It's the 11th hour in their life. The sun is coming to a point of setting in the West. We start looking at uh, what happens in those people's lives. And you witness to them and you talk to them. And they say, well, we're going to just uh, accept Christ as our Savior because you came and witnessed to me. You know, we get to the point sometimes in our life that we, we think, well, that person is old enough. They already know everything that there is to know. I've said it many times that when we come to a time in our life that uh, we see someone elderly come to church, and uh, we just assume because we know all the stories about David and uh, Goliath and uh, Joseph's coat of many colors and all those things, we just assume because we know it that someone else knows it. If they've never been in church, they don't know all those stories that we uh, learned when we were growing up. But when we look at Scripture and we start thinking about it, this man went out in the 11th hour, and he says, you go work in my vineyard. He again says, whatever is right. Just whatever is right, I'll, I'll give you. And we start looking at what happens in our lives sometime. Now, many years ago, I would work for Birmingham Waterworks. Retired from there after 30 years. But there was a man who worked there, and he and I did the same job we just worked at different filter plants. He called me one evening and he says, 
we just got our raises, didn't we? He said, my, my check is this much. And he'd been working there for five or six years longer than I had. And he says, what is your hourly rate now? And I told him, and he says, that's four cents an hour more than I make. We're doing the same job. But, you know, and he didn't like it. And I thought, well, four cents an hour, ain't, you know, that ain't much. Didn't, make, didn't seem like much to me. But in his mind, four cents an hour, 40 hours a week was a dollar and 60 cents. And he was multiplying that out over a year. He's saying, man, that's about $80. What can we do when the company decides how much you make and you're doing the same job? There's nothing we can do, is there? But Jesus is not Birmingham Waterworks. And God rules everything that happens in our lives. When we look at what happens in our life. It's, uh, it's not about us, it's about him. And so we look at the scripture here, and it says that the vineyard owner called the steward or his foreman and said, uh, go and pay the workers. The day is over. It must have been about 6 o'clock in the evening. And we start looking, and the day is over. He says, call the workers and give them their hire, beginning with the last to the first. You know what we would expect in our world today? We would expect those that had worked all day long to get paid first, wouldn't we? Because, hey, they're ready to go to the house. They've been here all day. But that's not what the vineyard owner did. He says, you take and you start with the last. Those that had worked one hour, boy, can you just see them lining up? They said, we've only been here an hour now. He's, it's time for him to pay us, and he said he would give us whatever is right. Now, when we look at uh, whatever is right, he called them, and he began to pay them. And he gave each of them that penny. We look at Scripture, and it's equal to what a Roman soldier made for one day. And he gave each of them the penny. And, man, can't you just imagine them as they uh, go away and they look at it and they say, look here, he paid me for a whole day and I've only worked an hour. I've, I've worked one hour, but he, he's, he's paid me for the whole day. Can you imagine what those others that had been working longer as the time came, those that were hired at, Three o'clock, they thought, well, they got, they got a penny. That's what he just told us. He'd give us what's right. And so they got a penny. And those at three o'clock looked at their pay and said, hey, I got a penny too. But they didn't complain. Those that were hired at 12 o'clock looked at theirs and said, I got a penny. Those that were hired at nine o'clock said, I got a penny. All of them were being paid equal. Scripture says, but those who were hired first, seeing that, thought that they should have received more. Now, in our lives, the way we look at it, in our society, we'd say, none of that's fair. 
But God is a just God. No respecter of persons. He doesn't respect me any more than he does any of you. He doesn't respect uh, the preachers and the pastors any more than he does anybody else. He doesn't respect the deacons any more than he does anyone else. He doesn't respect the ones who uh, do the music any more than the one who sits on the bench. And I'm going to tell you something. I believe sometimes the ones that sit on the bench are the ones who are most important if they're sitting there praying for the ones who are doing the preaching and the ones who are uh, taking up offering and the deacons who are uh, leaders within the church. I believe that they are more important sometimes than the preacher. You know, we, we look at it and uh, we start kind of rationalizing things and we think that, well, you know, this, this man did them wrong. Those hired first begin to complain, and they're the only ones who complain. Now, you ever thought about now working in the church, and you say, I showed up over there at the church. We were having a working, and nobody else showed up. This happened to me one time. I went to church. We were supposed to have a working one Saturday morning, and I got to church, and there was nobody there. I hung around for a little while, went to the altar and knelt and prayed. And a little while, another guy came in. And a little while, another guy came in. A little while, somebody else came in. And people kept coming in. And pretty soon, we had a pretty good number of men there to do some work around the church. My first thought was, I'm going to go up here, and I'm going to get in the altar, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to get up and go home. I'm the only one that's here. Old pity party time, you know. Boy, I'm, I'm just so upset because nobody else cares. Kind of the way the workers were there. You know, Scripture in 1 Thessalonians says rejoice evermore. One Scripture says rejoice with them that rejoice and weep with them that weep. Shouldn't the ones who had been hired and worked all day rejoice because the others had gotten enough money from their little bit of work to buy food for the day. Shouldn't we rejoice when we see someone come down to the altar and they kneel and they accept Christ as their Savior and suddenly we say, well, I haven't been praying for that person. God's grace is sufficient. You know, the Apostle Paul said that he had a thorn in the flesh. And he prayed thrice that God would remove it. And he, all he ever heard was, my grace is sufficient. These people in this parable should have realized it wasn't about the money. It was about how good God's grace is in our life. You know, we think about the going to work. Everybody in the building wants to make more money probably. But you know what? We are paid not by man's ways, not by man's dollars, but we're paid by God's grace. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace, through faith, are you saved, and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Too many people bragging about what they've done. I worked all day. 
And that man showed up, and he did such a little bit. All he done was stood around and watched us. Do we recognize him when it comes time, and we've worked all day, and we say, well, we had a working at the church yesterday, and this one, this one, this one, this one, this one showed up. We're going to recognize them all, aren't we? We're not going to leave one out just because he didn't get there until late. We don't know why that he was late getting there. This has been a hectic week for my wife and I. On Wednesday, one of my aunts fell, hit her head, and she's been at Grandview since then. That evening, her brother lived with her. He failed that evening. He ended up at the doctor. But we've got a large family. So far, there's not been many people step up to help. Different ones have called and said, well, I'll do this or I'll do that. It's been a hectic week for us. But you know what? My wife sat Friday and Friday night with my aunt. Now, does she want a flower because she sat with her? No. But there's other people in the family, large, large family. We'd have a birthday uh, dinner for this aunt, and there'd be 100 people there. And they'd say, oh, I love you. But now at the time of need, where are they? Kind of like this landowner. He showed compassion for every one of his workers. From the first to the last, last to the first, he said, they're all equal. Now, we start thinking about it, and some people say all that means is everybody's going to be equal in heaven. We're all going to be equal under the grace of God to make heaven our home, but I believe that there's rewards in heaven. I believe in rewards in heaven. One scripture says if you give your brother a drink of cold water in my name, you shall not lose your reward. Mother thought about that is that scripture says that the book shall be opened and every man shall give an account for the things he's done in this life, whether it be good or bad. I say, if everybody in heaven's going to be equal, why do we need to open the book and see how good or bad somebody has been? Now, that's just my thought. Your thought may be different. That's okay if you disagree with me. I will not get upset with you or mad at you if you disagree with me. But I'm glad this morning that when we look at Scripture and we understand that God's kingdom is an equality based on grace. We look in the book of John. I'm going to read you another verse or so here. In the book of John, chapter 4, and verse 36, it says, And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto his, unto, I can't focus, unto his eternal, that he, I can't focus this more, I've got new glasses. Anyway, he says that when we look at Scripture, and he says that we as individuals, it says that he that soweth and he that reapeth may, be, may rejoice together. 
They may rejoice together. Have you ever thought about now, the Apostle Paul said that I have planted Apollos water, but God gave the increase. Now, when we look at the vineyard, would there have been much increase if the ones who were hired to start with had known that they were going to be equal to the ones that only worked an hour? They said, I'm not working over here. Somebody else can come and work all day. I'm not working for that. Not if he's going to pay that person that works an hour the same as what he paid me. Now, in looking at life, we say sometimes life doesn't seem fair. And you've heard the expression, if life gives you lemons, what? Make lemonade. There you go. We make lemonade, don't we? But the thing about it is, is not everything that we do in life that we should expect a reward for. Not everything that we do that everybody has to know about. Those that had worked all day got what they had agreed to. In our life, we can get things that we agree to and the blessings that God gives us they're just cream on top. I'm glad that he gives us blessings. Oh, beyond what we can ever expect. Zacchaeus said, I want to see Jesus. I'll climb that tree, and I'll look for him. And Jesus came to where he was and said, come down. I'm going to your house today. In our lives, how many times do we expect Jesus to be at our house? We live sometimes like he's never been there. We drive up and down the road. We act like he's never been to our house. A friend of ours told us, said, I got a speeding ticket. And said, I called and asked the guy about it, how much it would cost me. He told me it'd be $160, but if I would go to driving school, it wouldn't be on my record. I'm glad that Christ wiped the record clean. We don't have to worry about that record as far as the east is from the west that he cast our sins from us, never to be remembered anymore. You know, we think sometimes that we're so good that God will just let us go into heaven. But that's not true. Only by the blood of Christ do we make heaven our home. Our goodness will never get us there. Ephesians 2 and 10 says, For we are his workmanship created unto good works. Good works. I'm glad that he created us. Billy Graham passed a few weeks ago, and he said, It was never meant that this body lasts forever. We weren't created to be here forever. God blessed him with a long, long life. I'm sure that there are people that will be in heaven someday because of his testimony and his preaching. Thousands and thousands would come and listen to him, and he'd just fill up football stadiums and arenas everywhere. You know where he started? In a tent. I'm glad that in our lives 
our humble beginnings and lead us to a place of paradise. I'm going to ask you to come give us the first invitation this morning. I don't know how y'all normally do things, but I feel like this morning we're going to have an invitation. If you want to come and bow an altar and pray for someone, pray for yourself. If you want to come be saved, if you want to come and rededicate your life, today's the day. I'm going to ask if they come and uh, get us a verse of invitation. Like I said, I don't know how y'all normally do this, but uh, this, is, this is the way I want to do it this morning. So let's, let's stand, sing together, and uh, someone come and lead us a song. I don't know who's... <laughs> we got a new guy here somewhere. Okay. Uh, John, if you would, come lead us a song this morning. Thank you. Just as I am, be fine. We think sometimes that, well, you know, you've got to go down and you've got to talk to the preacher. And I, I don't want you to talk to me. You come down and you bow right here and you talk to God about whatever you need to talk to God about. I don't, I don't, I don't need to hear your problems. I got my own. And so when you, when you come, if you want to come and bow, let's sing. And for you and for me. Come and pray with these. Come on. God hears our prayers. When we kneel, we kneel in his presence. And I'm glad for his presence in our lives. Let's all bow our heads and pray right now. Father, we thank you, God, for your sweet spirit. We know, God, that you call, Father. And we know, God, that uh, sometimes we don't answer, but we know, God, that you have the answer to our needs. Father, this morning we come and we uh, bow in your presence. And we ask you, God, that you have your will and way in lives, Father, today. And we know, God, that uh, we're nothing, Father. And we ask you, Father, that you... Uh, help us to be the servant that you'd have us to be, God. Just take us and clean us up, Father, and make us fit for your use. Father, this morning, these that have come, Father, we ask you, God, that you just uh, touch in their lives, Father. Whatever their need may be, Father, that uh, you may touch, Father, that you may uh, give them peace, Father, that passes understanding. We know, Father, that uh, when we come and we bring our cares to you, you tell us to cast our care on you for you cared for us, and we thank you, God, for that. Ask you, God, today that you be with this congregation, Father, that you... Uh, help each of us, Father, to uh, look to you, Father. We know, God, that you love us and you understand us, Father, even uh, down to uh, each and everything that's wrong in our life, Father. We know, God, that you uh, understand it. You know, God, that uh, very hairs of our head are all numbered, and we thank you, God, for knowing us so intimately, Father. And we ask you today that you help us as we go from this place that we might be a different person than when we came. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs>